1: And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown, here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. Also, if you have any questions about today's program or maybe a subject that uh, we talked about in the past or something you'd like to even hear discussed in the future... Please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And along with that, if you have a, a, maybe a worn-out Bible, or maybe you don't even have one, and you'd like to have a new Bible, also send me your name and your address, and I, I uh, promise you, I won't do anything with it but send you that Bible free of charge. Um, again, contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown. And at yahoo.com and request that Bible and I will get it out to you. And welcome again to Saturday morning with Dan Brown. Our program today um, we're talking about adversity, adversity in our Christian life. And so often we find the typical view of the Christian life is that it means being delivered from all adversity. And so often we pray for those kinds of things. And we've had that discussion before where we have, um, I don't want to say misprayed, you know, all prayer to our heavenly father is is gracious and wonderful and, and God accepts those prayers. But one thing we want to make sure that we're doing is that we're praying that God's will is done in our life. And sometimes we get sidetracked in the middle of adversity, in the middle of issues and trials, and we begin to pray for our comfort and our comfort. And so I want to really stress the fact that, you know, when you're going to the Lord in prayer, your priority should be that the Lord's will is done. God's will is done in your life. And so remember, the typical view, as I said just a a few seconds ago, is that uh, the Christian life means being delivered from all adversity. And if we look at the scriptures, if we look at the New Testament of what the prophets of old and, and those who were faithful followers of Almighty God, and in the New Testament, those that, uh, that followed Christ, um, they were in constant adversity. So what we see is that it actually means being delivered in adversity. Hmm, when you think about that, which is something very, very different than being delivered from diversity. And here's a scripture for you to think about. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague shall come near your dwelling. And that's in Psalms 91, uh, 91 1, and then 10 And the place where you are at one with God. So, if you're a child of God, you are certainly, as I just mentioned, through the, you know, uh, when we're reading the scripture text and we see what the followers of our Almighty Father have experienced uh, through their encounters with the world, you are certainly going to encounter adversity. But Jesus says this He says that you shouldn't be surprised. When they come, when this adversity happens to you, this shouldn't be a surprise to you. And he says this, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's what he's saying. He's saying there is nothing for you to fear. And the same people who refuse to talk about their adversities before they were saved often complain and worry about after being born again because they have the wrong idea of what it means to live the life of a saint. We've got it wrong so often. You know, it is definitely not uh, um, a quiet life although there are, are people uh, who do go into the faith and, and, and attempt to live a very quiet life. But adversity from the world will come. Now, here's something that really is, is a key to this, because God doesn't give us an overcoming life. He gives us life as we overcome. Ooh, yeah, you see how that, is, uh, how that lays that out. Because when we look at the lessons that we're learning and we really think about that, we see that the strain of life, the turmoil of life is what builds our strength. And if there's no strain, we won't have any strength. And my question to you is, are you asking God to give you life, liberty, and joy? Is that what you're seeking? Because he really can't unless you are willing to accept the strain. And that is very, very clear and seen uh, throughout the scriptures in the lives of those who serve the almighty God. The key is, is that once you face that strain, face the strain, you will immediately get the strength as God apportions it to you. Isn't that what we're supposed to be seeking? If we had the strength already to overcome sin and adversity, what would have been the purpose of Jesus' life, on, uh, you know, dying on the cross, giving his life on the cross for us? What would have been the purpose? And so we really need to look close. Again, think about this. The strain and the turmoil of life is what builds our strength. And so if there is no strain, there is no strength. And so, again, he can't really give it to you unless you accept the strain. I mean, he can do anything, obviously, but the way God lets us know how this works, how improvement, how education works, how this life prepares us for eternity is by the strain and the strength that only God can give us. So listen, overcoming your own timidity, you know, overcoming your own timidness, um, do that, overcome it, push forward and take the first step because then our Father will give us nourishment. And here's what he says in Revelation 2.7. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life. That's Revelation 2.7. So if you completely give yourself physically You become exhausted and you see you're worn down and and you pray for that. You pray for the physical strength. Absolutely. But when you give yourself spiritually, you get more strength because that is what God is seeking in us for him to dwell within us. And in that is the emptying of ourselves, the giving up of our own will. And placing God's will within us and allowing God's will to be placed within us. And God's will be done in our life and not our own. And so you really need to think about it because as I see the scripture, it seems as though God never gives us the strength for tomorrow, for the next hour. But only for the strain of the moment. Because what is he seeking from us? Moment by moment communication. Moment by moment prayer. Reaching out to our almighty father. To ask prayerfully. Lord let your will be done in my life. I'm submitting. I'm surrendering. Help me through the turmoil. And the trials. Help me through the strain that I don't have the strength to face. And so our temptation, what we seem to fall back on, is to face adversities from the standpoint of our own common sense. And the Lord makes it very clear. There is a way unto man, and that way is death. We need to seek God's way. And Christ came in the flesh so that we could see the life that we should lead. So many scriptures about following Christ's example, picking up his cross and following him, dying to the world. Right? Continually sac- living sacrifices daily. Christ's purpose was to come and honor his father's will to give his life to redeem mankind. And he did that perfectly. And so we all, for all mankind, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth believeth in him should have eternal life. Again, our temptation is to face adversities from our own common sense. But a saint can be of good cheer even when seemingly defeated by the adversities because victory is absurdly impossible to everyone except for God. And Think about this. Think about how the apostles were jailed. They were beaten. They were locked up, punched, hair pulled, whipped, And when they were released from jail, what did they do? Did they say, woe is me? Did they cry out, this is too much? They sang joy and praises on their way back to their homes to meet together and discuss the next stage of how they would follow their Savior. Please pray for God's will to be done in your life. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown, here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned.
0: Who get it done.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: And welcome back to Saturday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Truly appreciate taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. And those of you the faithful listeners who are sending me those great questions. And also being very complimentary. Thank you. Thank you uh, for your encouragement. I saw my buddy Armand out there. Hello, Armand, John, and Bill, Bob, Dan. Holy cow. Kathy, all of you, thank you so much for sending all of your uh, well wishes in for my family. And uh, uh, as you know, um, I've had some uh, uh, family medical emergencies and, uh, but, I, but I thank you for your concern, and I truly appreciate your prayers so much. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Kay, Sharon. Again, Bill and Jason, Mark, Margie, Michelle, all of you, thank you so much. And if I missed your name, you know that I could go on for the entire program just thanking you all for your support. And so uh, I just want to give a, a great big thank you out to all of you, Chris, everybody at uh, at WPG, at Town Square Media. Thank you guys for your continual support and in, in allowing this type of program to be on the air, which is so important and becomes more and more important. Every day as we see the things that are taking place in the world around us. So thank you guys again. And we're back to our program, the second program, second segment of the program today. Oh, excuse me. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, if you have any questions about our program, contact me at Saturday morning. Dan Brown at yahoo.com. That Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And back to our program today on adversity. And I, I really do uh, believe that our first segment was was very compelling because we're often confused uh in our Christian lives in our walk of faith that sometimes uh, the life of a believer is not going to uh, have any adversity in it. And the scriptures really tell us something different than that, Uh, because it is through that strain of adversity uh, that God delivers us, and the strain teaches us, and he can provide strength for us uh, if we're willing to surrender our will. And so it's very, very, very important. And what are we seeking? We're seeking to have God's purpose and his compelling purpose accomplished in our life. Now, it's interesting to find that Jerusalem in the life of our Lord represents the place where he reached the culmination Of his father's will when you think about that, because Jesus said, I do not seek my own will, but the will of my father who sent me. And that's in the gospel of John, chapter five, uh, verse 30. And so seeking to do the will of the father was the one dominating concern throughout Christ's life. Think about that. Whenever he was questioned, these are not my words. This is, I'm doing the will of my father. I do as I hear. I share with all of those things. Jesus continued to give reference and credit and praise to his father which is what we need to do as well. So again, he was seeking to do the will of the Father. That was the dominating concern throughout our Lord's life. And whatever he encountered along the way, whether it was joy, whether it was sorrow, whether it was success, or the appearance of failure, right? He was never, ever deterred from that purpose. And in Luke, we see Dr. Luke in uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 51. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, you have to understand that Jesus knew what was coming. He knew why he was born on this planet. He knew why he was created. And what his life was to be for. A ransom for many. And yet, knowing the outcome, knowing his purpose, he pressed on continually. Continually. And so the reality of this is really the greatest thing for us to remember is that we go up to Jerusalem too. We go up to Jerusalem to fulfill God's purpose, not our own. So often we get confused within what our will is and our purpose is for what God's purpose is. We continually, we can't help ourselves. Humans cannot help. We continually make plans. We continually plan out so many things in so many directions that we are going to do. And I just want you to, To step back and say, when you are planning, when you are thinking of something, seek that it is the purpose of God's will within your life. Because that's the direction you want to go. Continually make yourself willing to accept God's will in your life. And then you will fulfill what God created you for. Which is, which is the most wonderful thing for a purpose, uh, for our purpose to fulfill, and that's to fulfill God's purpose in our life, not our own. And in, if you think about it, in the natural life, our ambitions are our own, right? But in the Christian life, as we go and leave the world behind, Not necessarily, I'm saying physically, but spiritually, our thoughts are no longer worldly. We want to focus on God's will, right? Um, But in the Christian life, in the life of the faithful, we don't have any goals of our own. Because we surrender and we submit ourselves to our Heavenly Father. And so that's very, very important. And so we talk so much today about decisions for Christ, our determination to be Christians and our decisions for this and our decisions for that. But as I was sharing with you in the New Testament, the only aspect that is brought out is the compelling purpose of God's will in our life. And again, here's a scripture to think about in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 16. I'll give you the, the paraphrase short version. You did not choose me. I chose you. Mm, let, that, let that percolate in your brain there for a few minutes. Because so often, you know, so often we're, you know, we're forgetting that we're called. We make the choice, don't get me wrong, we make the choice to accept that call. That is our choice. It is. But you must be willing and you must surrender to that call. Now, so often uh, when we think about this as well, we're not taken into this conscious agreement with God's purpose. We're taken into God's purpose with no awareness of it all. Oof. We really don't have an idea of what God's goal may be. God's not sharing his ultimate plan, you know, it's 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 like a general uh, talking to a foot soldier. Uh, I'm going to give you your part as you need to know it when you need to know it, and as you accomplish these things that I lead you to do, then you will be given more to do. So again, we're not taken into a conscious agreement with God's purpose. We're taken into God's purpose with no awareness. And actually, we have no idea what God's goal may be. The ultimate goal we do, because he says, this gospel shall be preached to the entire world. I will, as he said to the apostles, these these uneducated Men, you know, as he came across them in the first group, were pretty uneducated, not all. But um, I'm going to make you fishers of men, using their trade that they would understand that they would be going out and, and catching and bringing in, the important part of it, bringing in, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So we don't have any idea of what God's goal may be, um, but as we continue, his purpose sometimes actually can become even more and more vague because as we're experiencing the strain that tests us, the tribulation that refines us as we are being refined as pure elements, the dross and, and, and what doesn't belong is removed. Um, the purpose becomes grander. Our strength through Christ becomes greater uh, through his strength in us. And so God's aim sometimes for you and I, and I and I believe it can appear, it can appear to have missed the bark um, because sometimes eh, maybe all the time, we're actually just too nearsighted um, you know we're too nearsighted to be able to actually see um, his purpose right sometimes um, we, we, we can miss the mark you know what we think is right and yet the compelling purpose of God remains upon us pushing is something else that we find out wasn't it at all and the work that we do is really of no account when we compare the compelling work and the purpose of God. Ponder that. Ponder that, please. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned.
2: When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app news I'm Karen McHugh in a news conference on day two of his visit to Asia President Biden says he's willing to sit down and talk with North Korea's Kim Jong-un and now that COVID-19 has broken out in the north the president has offered to help but we've offered vaccines not only to North Korea but to China as well and we're prepared to do that immediately We've got no response. President Biden in Seoul. He also made mention of South Korea's stance when it comes to the war in Ukraine. The Republic of Korea and the United States are standing together part of a global response with our allies and partners around the world to condemn Russia's flagrant violations of international law. President Biden plans to sign the $40 billion aid package for Ukraine just passed by the Senate while on his Asian trip. He heads to Japan next week. America is listening to Fox News.
0: Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Mostly sunny today, hot and humid with a high 96. Clear skies for tonight, humid and very warm with a low 74. Partial sunshine tomorrow, very warm and humid with a high 88. And Monday, low cloud to the high 77. I'm AccuWeather's Gregory Patrick on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG
2: Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome back to this fine saturday morning and as always we truly appreciate you tuning in thank you for joining us today we know how valuable your time is and should you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past please contact me at saturday morning dan brown at yahoo.com and also if you'd like a free bible Please send me your name and your address. I won't use it for any other purpose than to send you that Bible. Again, to get that free Bible, your name and your address, email to Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And welcome back to our program on adversity. It's been an interesting, uh, morning and program this morning. Um, I'm always learning, I'm always being lifted up as I am take the time to share with you. And um, just excellent. It's an excellent time for me, spiritually uplifting and fulfilling uh, to be able to share the gospel with those around and encourage, my, my purpose is to encourage. Not be the end result. Not try in one hour like this. It, it's impossible to give you uh, a complete understanding of even certain subjects because there is a there's a lot to the gospel. But in in its uh, it's not complicated, um, and it is easy to come to know the Lord. You only have to be willing. Is there a lot of things that can be studied? Absolutely. But the gospel and coming to know salvation and knowing the purpose of Christ is pretty concise and not complicated. And it's not complicated on your part of being willing to surrender and submit yourself to God so that his purpose can be accomplished in you. And uh, that's a very exciting, uh, exciting, exciting thing. So as we continue, we had left off uh, where we were talking about the compelling purpose of God uh, in uh, segment two. And I, I think that we need to understand that God takes us aside all the time. He pulls us aside. Even like it says in Luke, the Gospel of Luke 1831, it says that he took the 12 aside and were taken aside for a purpose. And it's to get a glimpse in the direction that we should be going, to hear the wonderful wisdom and knowledge of what God is preparing us for. And so God takes us aside all the time. And we really haven't yet understood all there is to know about the compelling purpose of God. And there is so much wonderful things that God Wants to share with you. Now, in this, you know, there's a lot of people that will be um, talk about, oh, the bravery of God in trusting us, as though uh, there's some special bravery that God has in trusting us. It is who God is. He absolutely loves us, and His purpose says, "For God so loved the world." Right now. See what happens. And when you think about this thought, we often have this kind of thought uh, about God trusting in us. And it could be uh, that you may think that God somehow is unwise in choosing you uh, because we often, when we're very honest with ourselves, uh, we can come to the conclusion that there's nothing good in us, depending on where we are in life, and that we have no value. Do you know how many people... Think that? But I will tell you, brothers and sisters, if that is where you feel and that is how you feel, that is exactly why God chose you. As long as you think you are of value to him, I'm saying that slow so it's clear. As long as you think you are of value to him, he can't choose you because you have purposes of your own to serve. Wow. Wow. Think about that. If you're conceited and you are prideful, God's not going to be able to use you in the way that you need to be used and what the purpose in your life is. Again, let me say that, as long as you think that you are of value to him, your mindset prevents you from being chosen because you have purposes of your own to serve. But if you allow him to take you to the end of your own self-sufficiency, Right. What you're going to find is he can choose you to go with him to Jerusalem, just like Jesus did. And what does that mean? It it means. That the fulfillment of the purpose. Isn't a discussion that he has with us, he doesn't discuss the fulfillment of his purpose with us, but he leads us and guides us. Gives us the strength to fulfill his purpose. And when I say that you are of no value to God, God believes you are precious. And he wants to take you and make you even more precious. So that in the end, all the dross, all the impurities in your life are taken away. And your robes, which were Tarnished your robes, which were dirty, will be made white as snow. Now, what happens is, is we tend to say that because a person has a natural ability of something, he'll make a good Christian, don't we? But it's not a matter of our equipment. We get lost with that sometimes. I'm not talking about what God's good gifts to us, you know. But what we really need to see is that and understand that it's a matter of our poverty, not of what we bring with us, but what God puts into us, not a matter of natural virtues or of strength, of character, of knowledge or experience. All that is really of no avail to, you know, to this purpose. That doesn't mean God's not going to use it. That doesn't mean he's going to change all those things that make you you in the good way into something else. The only thing of value being taken into the compelling purpose of our God and Savior is being made his friends. And if you want to read that a little closer, go to 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. Chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. Because what we see is God's friendship is with people who know their poverty, who know their shortcomings, who are honest within themselves about their sin. And he really can't do much with us or accomplish things in us with a person that thinks he is of use to God. And in the way that I'm saying that I hope you truly understand I'm not devaluing you but is it is those prideful things that somehow when people come to the faith oh I can be useful to God because of who I am and that's pride We are useful to God when his purpose is fulfilled within us and that's very very important And again as Believers, we're not here for our own purpose at all. And and that's what gets in the way sometimes. We, We sing that song loud, Jesus, take the wheel. But how often do we try to grab back and steer in a direction from where God is taking us? Because we may think it is too painful. Or I won't have enough money. Or I don't know if I'll live comfortably if I go in that direction. How often is that a thought? How often is the material things of these world, of this world, how often do we dwell on how much we need those and think that we need those to fulfill God's purpose? I hope you understand what I'm sharing. Again, as believers, we're not here for our own purpose at all. We're here for the purpose of God. And you really do must understand the two are not the same thing. Again, we don't know what God's compelling purpose is. But whatever happens, whatever happens, my brothers and sisters, we must maintain our relationship with God. But if something does damage it, we must take the time to make it right again. And the most important aspect of our faith is not the work that we do, but the relationship we maintain, that intimate relationship that I talk about so often that we must seek. It's the relationship we maintain and the surrounding influence and the qualities produced in us by that relationship. And that is all God asks us to give. He asks us to give our attention to him. and That's the one thing that we find in our lives that is continually under attack. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio
2: 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune into our program. We know how valuable your time is. I cannot believe that we're already in the fourth uh, final segment of today, of this Saturday. It is amazing how quickly the time goes uh, when it is something that is just making your heart rejoice and joyful, and it is wonderfully uh, uplifting for these, uh, you know, to share these things. And so as we get into the fourth segment, uh, we're going to to hit a, a section here where sometimes we get confused because what transpired in the life of Christ, um, what we see God calling Jesus to do appeared, appeared to seem like absolute disaster. It appeared um, as though everything was a failure and that everything was a waste, didn't it? And so sometimes we can get lost in this bewildering call of God. And so again, we have God calling Jesus to complete a task to what appeared, had all appearances to the world, mind you. And honestly, to probably most of the believers at that time, it seemed to be an absolute disaster in the end. Because their expectations of what the Messiah would be, would be someone who would potentially free their people from the Romans, the tyranny of Rome. Uh, And so they didn't really deeply understand what uh, the Masonic message was to them. And then Jesus Christ called his disciples to actually see him put to death. And again leading every one of them to a place where their hearts were broken. And I honestly tell you, when I study the Gospels and I come to the end of each Gospel where Jesus is crucified on the cross, I can only tell you my heart breaks again every time I read it. Every time. To know the suffering that my Lord took in my place. To know the wounds that he received on my behalf. It hurts my heart. But at the same time, I know in the end, it was all for the good of mankind. And and as we, again, if if we were the apostles and looking at that time and seeing what was taking place... It would have appeared as though his life was an absolute failure from every standpoint except God's because he fulfilled God's will. And what seemed to be a failure from man's standpoint was a triumph from our Holy Father standpoint because God's purpose, as I was sharing you in the segment before this one, God's purpose is never the same as man's purpose, right? And so the bewildering call of God comes into your and my life as well. And so I, I just need and feel compelled to share with you that the call of God can never be understood absolutely or explained externally Necessarily in human terms, other than what he allows us to understand of what our human minds can comprehend. Right? You have to think about it in that way. It can only be perceived and understood by our true spiritual inner nature. When the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is what the whole purpose of what Jesus said, wait and I am going to send you the Comforter who will teach you all things. It's absolutely amazing. The call of God, when we, when we really want to think about this, the call of God is like the call of the sea. Is, I guess this is a good analogy, right? No one hears it except the person who has the nature of the sea in him. Those who want to be sailors, in other words, plain language. And what God calls us to do can't be definitely stated because his call is simply to be his friend to accomplish his own purpose. And again, our real test is truly believing that God knows what he desires. In other words, trusting in the Lord. Faith, my brothers and sisters. Faith is that word. Faith that God is love. Faith that God is all he says he is to us. He never lies and his will will be accomplished and no one can deter it. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And his purpose will be fulfilled. And in Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, he's given us this glimpse of the things to come. And when we empty ourselves, when we surrender our will to him, he teaches us. He says the Holy Spirit will teach us all things, right? So our true test, again, is simply to be his friend and truly believing that God knows what he desires. And the things that happen do not happen by chance. It's not a spin of the wheel and oh well, here it comes. The things that happen don't happen by chance. They happen entirely by the decree of the Almighty God. And God is sovereignly working out his purposes for you and I. It is amazing. And when we trust what we come to know, what our faith leads us to see it is the belief of what is unseen it is the knowing of what others cannot see and so if we're in true fellowship and oneness with God and recognize that he's taking us into his purposes then we no longer strive to find out what his purposes are see now you see how it comes around in full circle. When we get to the right place of thinking, we no longer strive to find out what his purpose is. We strive for that intimate relationship. And when that is accomplished, all else comes along with it. And as we grow in this life of faith, it becomes simpler to us because we're less inclined to say this in our hearts or minds. I wonder why God allowed this or that. Do we need to really dwell on those things? Because when we get lost in those thoughts about trying to wonder why God allows something, we're going off track. We're losing sight and focus of God's will. Stay focused. And as we begin to see the compelling purpose of God, we'll begin to see the purpose of God behind everything in life. We'll see that it's his purpose. And that's what lies behind it. And that God is divinely molding and shaping us into that oneness with that purpose. Jesus prayer for us, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. Can you imagine? Can your heart can your heart hope for that that we would be one? As the Father and the Son are one. And as he is in his Father, we are in him and they are in us. It is incredible. And I'm paraphrasing some of that. And so a true believer, a true person of faith is someone who trusts in the knowledge and the wisdom of God. That's the bottom line of all that we're saying and sharing. A true person of faith, a true follower, is someone who trusts in the knowledge and the wisdom of God and not his own abilities. There are gifts that God gives us. We have to understand that they were God-given gifts. And not necessarily of our own abilities. And so if we have purpose of our own, it destroys the simplicity. And remember, I said it is, it is not complicated. Our faith, our, our walk is not com, it is often made so complicated, so twisted, so convoluted that a, that a young believer is going, where in the world am I going in my savior? It is to develop the relationship, and all else will give and become clear. You will receive clarity as to those pieces of God's purpose in your life. But if we have purpose of our own, it destroys the simplicity, the calm, and the relaxed pace. That's right. God can pace us, which should be characteristic. In the children of God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I pray that prayer, that that is the peace that we find. And I thank you again for joining me, Dan Brown, on Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. God bless you all.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket?